Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is an ABC podcast. Good plan, good plan. Who thought of this one? You're listening to the Out of Sanctum podcast. Here is a moment in time in the history of the AFL. In from the side, Houghton. She was surrounded by blue jumpers. to the Outer Sanctum for another week. We are thrilled to be here to discuss all the AFLW news and games of the week, including that history-making Saints win last night. I am your host, Emma Race, and we have a lot to look forward to in the next hour. As always, I welcome my co-hosts and my football-loving lady friends. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Good morning. I'm Nicole the Haystack Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alicia Sometimes, who's pumped. Oh, it's good to see you for 2020, Alicia. Welcome oh, back. I've got my footy shorts on. And strike up the band because making her senior team debut for the Outer Sanctum, it is... Julia Kiera. Thank you. Ticket tape parade in the Thanks studio. Thanks for having me. Julia, you bring the actual footy credits, Nicole <laughs> just alluded to. Can you just give us top line of your LinkedIn profile <laughs> in footy? I am a former player and president for the Darabin Falcons. I'm now a coach at the Darabin Falcons. I'm also a social worker and I coach like a social worker. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what the AFLW needs. You're also part of Carlton's um, premiership taking on team last year, which was pretty exciting to see you there. But we are so thrilled to have you in our Stu Stu studio and your voice adding to the footy chat. On today's show, we're going to catch up with Tamara Luke, who has a perfect AFLW record given that she debuted for the winning Saints side last night at Moorabbin. We'll also be talking all of the footy pride under the rainbow with Carlton's Darcy Vessio ahead of the Bulldogs Blues match later today. We will also celebrate the first ever Q clash with the Suns taking on the Brisbane Lions with Jade Progelli. Is it the Pineapple Battle? Is it the Pineapple Cup? What do you like, ladies? The Q clash? Have you got any other suggestions? Lucy races the barbecue. Um, <laughs> Delicious. But is, instead of Q tips, isn't it Q tops? <laughs> Quite possibly. The Pineapple Crush Clash? Kind of pineapple crush. Something like that. Hopefully there's not too many crushes today. (laughs) Last night was really extraordinary. It was a battle, the Halos versus the Pitchforks. It was a (laughs) well-matched affair, but it was the Saints who took the four history-making points and this is how it rolled out. chance for Drennan. She's got speed to burn. Through the midfield she goes. It's going to go over the head of Greiser. Oh, little one too. McCarthy back to Greiser. Open goal square. How does this one bounce? Does it bounce through for the Saints? Right across the face. And Caitlin Greiser probably... Oh, it's still going. McCarthy might have just got her own ball. She goes the banana and no. Free kick. Saints get the free. 
and Greiser, who started it, is going to end up with it to make the will get an goal. early statement. The Saints through Greiser, two last week. She's got the opener tonight. Sheriff just pokes it inside 50 and hits up Shelley Scott. Is she too far out to score? Former dairy farmer who moved to the city to pursue her career. <laughs> Bob Murphy, take it back. Shelley Scott says, take that. Shovels it out to Ali Drennan. She looks up. Libby Birch has still popped herself as the loose player, as Bob said. But Greiser did terrific. As a player in the goal square, if she can get it to her, how will it bounce for Gutsridge? She has to sit and wait, but she'll run in and kick a goal. Great play from St Kilda. Well done, Greiser. And on the end of it, Darcy Gutteridge gets her first goal as a saint. Set upon from Ali Drennan, but was good enough to get the handball back to Daisy Pearce. We'll go inside 50, big flight at the back. Zanka on the second bite. It's been paid. Terrific mark. Three and a half minutes. They've been defending so well all night. Pearce, though, she's still got something to say in this contest. Clever kick, just pulled the kick in board. It was well done. Finds McCarthy. You know, she wants to take on the opposition at every opportunity. She does it again, gains an extra 15 metres. Absolutely, and Greiser right. with one hand. Oh, this will absolutely bring the Moravian crowd to their feet. She's launched wow. an absolute ball. Wow. Oh, look at that. Oh, <laughs> From 55, the G-Train. Like the old days of Moravian's gone bang. And the Saints are in front. And the crowd here at Moravian rise. They're about to produce the upset of the season. The AFLW newbies bring down the mighty Ds. It's a round three twist that no one saw. To be the sweet killer. Scenes there in the Saints' rooms last night when um, Peter Searle, coach of the Saints, got a victory drenching by her team. It was a really extraordinary game for the Saints because I think the Ds have been so powerful in the first two weeks of the season. I think that they were expecting that this was one that they would definitely get. I'm not saying that mm. they walked in there unprepared, but um, how do you prepare for a brand new G train at Moorabbin? That's <laughs> exciting, Julia. What were your takeaways from the game? Look, for me, the Saints have looked like the most serious challengers of the four new AFLW teams, and they, they proved that last night, um, getting the win over what we would think is, is, is a team that's heading for the finals. If you're looking at the stats too, um, the Demons dominated the ground a lot of the time. So you'd be surprised by the score, but they were like inside 50s with 31 to 17. Their scoring shots were 9 to 4. And then tackles inside in the forward line were 20 to the Demons to six. And yet kick straight, three goals, one, and you're going to beat a one goal, eight score. And look, Karen Paxman had um, 26 disposals. And my favourite bit of the night was when Kelly Underwood said, Paxman does the don't argue. <laughs> I mean, it was just a fierce battle. And just to see, you know, Caitlin Greiser just kick that last goal uh, of, the, of the match was just so exciting. When she plucks it out of the air, plucks um, one armed, mm. really. But, you know, Karen Paxman playing for the Ds gets 26 disposals in a losing 
Sporting side. That's a pretty yeah. extraordinary statistic. Yeah. I don't yeah. think we can ever overlook her as being. I think she's in at least she's in the top three of the competition, especially with Chelsea Randall not playing this season. I just think Paxi is having the season of her life. One woman who really would be celebrating today is a tough as nails defender who last night got her first call up for the Saints and they had their first win. It was a dream night for Tamara Luke from the St Kilda Footy Club. It's her birthday and she joins us on the line. Happy birthday, Tam. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's... um. It hasn't really sunk in yet with the win, but the birthday makes the win even sweeter as well. So it's been a good couple of days for me, that's for sure. Tell us about when you got the call up. Did Peter uh, Searle tell you that you were going to be playing? Um, yeah, so they actually contacted my parents first and they kept the secret for me. It was just weird. Mum didn't talk to me for a couple of days and I was like, oh, she's been really rude. She's not <laughs> telling me anything. And I only actually found out Thursday night at training that I'd be playing. So I didn't really have um, much time to prepare and think about it. It just happened all within 24 hours. So it was very exciting. Uh, Hi, Tam. It's Julia here. Uh, As a new team to the competition, the Saints have really looked cohesive, like you're all on the same page. What what has the club done to really cultivate that so you all know uh, what your game plan is and how you can go about executing it? Yeah, I think it's been a benefit for us um, that the, all the girls, well, majority of the playing list played BFL together this year and there was only the really the new draftees that came across um, that had to just slot in and learn the game plan and the structures. And the girls have been so welcoming and they um, really embrace learning. So I think, you know, as a group, we're really working towards something. And, it, yeah, last night just showed that we're, you know, hopefully going to continue to strive to be a, a force to be reckoned with for the rest of the season. Tamara, it's Alicia. Look, last night the D's just came out in full force and defence was such a great big part of St Kilda's play. How do you, you know, how do you go about building up such a great defence? Yeah, like it starts, every player on the ground played their role last night, especially defensively. We just tried to shut them down as much as we could and I just think when you stop them bringing it out of the back half and, you know, yeah, Passman got a lot of the footy, but um, as a team we were able to stop them down forward so you know can't really complain when they kicked um didn't kick straight either for us so that really helped us but um yeah it was a great defensive effort from all the girls yeah that was a lot about hot tam it's nicole here (laughs) it's a lot about the pressure that was that you guys were applying um you know rosie dillon had 16 disposals seven tackles and vaselli 16 and six tackles it was really like but there were a lot of players who were really carrying the load there what's been the approach in in terms of that because you do have that mix of young and old players yeah, I think um, some of the experienced girls just have to sit back and watch the young girls because they just get out there and play footy. So for us, like, I think the young girls run and carry and they don't really think too much about it, whereas us, some of us old girls probably overthink it sometimes. So I think for us as a team, like, the young kids bring out the best in the older girls and the older girls bring the best out in the younger girls. So I think we just really work really well together as a team with that. We are speaking to Tamara Luke from the winning Saints side. Tam, um, I'm interested in Ree White, who is your skipper. She was a um, St Kilda fan growing up. She now has led the team out in their historic first win. What's she like as a leader? Uh, Ree's something special. Like I'd never met her until I got drafted in the first training session she came up, and she's such a genuine, caring person, and all she wants to do is do the best for her teammates and make sure everyone's okay. So, and for last night, like she was so passionate about um, Pride Round and she just wanted to bring the girls together and just make sure that we're all in it for the same reason. And um, she was unbelievable last night. The number of times she got down on that goal line and stopped goals coming through and just worked her ass off around the ground. So she was, yeah, really good. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that you say you're old and, uh, you know, there's nine players under 21. I just love it. So coming from the Hawthorne VFLW as a captain to the AFLW, what, what's the transition like? What's the skill level uh, like? Yeah, it's, um, it's a lot quicker um, and I definitely think the standards and professionalism has gone up. Hawthorne was great in regard to, you know, trying to live the elite behaviours, but just coming to St Kilda, it's just another step up and um, just in training intensities. And you've got girls that have AFLW experience who just drive everyone to be better. And um, I think as a team, like, everyone's just growing so much over the pre-season. And now the season's actually started. I think each week we just continue to get better as we get used to the standards. So, um, yeah, it is a bit of a jump up, but it's a, um, a great experience. And um, we've seen that um, Caitlin Grise has already had a strong start to the season, but last night she took it up a notch and she was involved in every single scoring opportunity <laughs> for the Saints. Can you tell us a bit about her and, and how early did the G train Monica get applied to her? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, when I first came to the club, I think she already had G train as a nickname. Um, I think she got that from the BFL season and, I think you kind of forget she's only 21 and, um, gosh, she can kick the footy. Like last night when she kicked that last goal, she kicked it from 50 out and it just looked like it was just ease for her. So um, she's got huge potential and I just think each week she's just going to continue to grow and I think she's going to be a force to be reckoned with for many years to come, that's for sure. You guys have quite a tough schedule ahead of you. You've got Freo next week. Is are you, Have you already started talking about next week or are you still just enjoying this big win from last night? Oh, I think we'll just enjoy, probably today we'll be thinking about the win last night and we'll have to go back and watch the footage because there's still things that we definitely need to work on. But we know Fremantle, are, um, you know, they're a very quality side. They've been in the comp for a few years now and they showed last week against West Coast that, yeah, they won't take any prisoners. So I think, yeah, it'll be a tough ask for us next week. But I think um, with the girls' confidence, hopefully we'll continue to build and, yeah, we can take it right up to the next week. Tam, last night was one of was the first Pride game of three um, that are rolling out over this round of footy. The Saints have been right there from the start with Pride games and with um, supporting Pride. What was that atmosphere like last night? And it was the it turns out I think it was the first Pride game St Kilda has ever won. Is that correct? Oh, I am not sure about that. I'm, I will just say yes if you've got the <laughs> on that. I'm not exactly sure. But, um, yeah, it was just great to be a part of the club. Um, so into being inclusive with all the players. And we've definitely got a different bunch of girls and everyone just embraces. Everyone's different and that's okay. So, um, and, you know, every girl has their qualities and their traits that really shone through. And I just think last night a lot of the girls were so passionate about the Pride round and it really showed they just went out there and they just worked and they wanted to win that game for, the, for it being the Pride round. So, yeah, it was really great to be a part of. And Moravin as an atmosphere setter, how does that go? Yeah, like you just look back at round one when it was a lockout with 8,000 people and just the atmosphere and the vibe and when Molly kicked that first goal, like it was so loud and then, you know, yesterday was no different and um, when G-Train kicked that last goal, everyone was just roaring and then to hear the song and the whole crowd was just up and about when we finished the game. So it was just awesome. It's such a good ground to play at and the community around there all come down and support us and it's just been great. And finally, I'm really interested in what Peter Searle's messages were to you at three-quarter time when it was right there, you, you weren't out of the game, Melbourne hadn't taken their opportunities. She's known as being a pretty cool head under pressure. What were her messages at three-quarter? at a time. Yeah, it was interesting. Pete just said at the start of the game, it's you know nothing better than playing Friday night footy, and um, no, not everyone gets a chance to play Friday night footy. So she just brought that up again at three quarter time, and it was just great just to go. Actually, yeah, we're right in this, and we just have to come away with it. And 
she doesn't really put too much um, pressure on you. She just lets you go and play footy. So, yeah, it was just great that three-quarter time she just reminded us we're here to play Friday night footy and just get out there. And if you want to win, go and do it. So, yeah, it was really good. Some of the footy, if there was an Oscars of uh, AFLW Vision, you, the team jumping up and down and up and down like you're on trampolines, it's just got to be one of the finest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was great to be part of that, to um, sing the song for the first time. was fantastic. and. I definitely think my calves are feeling it today. <laughs> from jumping so much, so um, and it was just good. Just all you know, had all the playing squad because we've got a squad of thirty girls who all deserve to be out in the field. So just to have all of them around and sing the song together was just a great experience. Well, Tam, thank you so much for joining us on the Outer Sanctum. Happy birthday, and also congratulations on the win. We love having your voice on the Outer Sanctum. You're welcome back anytime. Thanks you so much for having me. Thanks, guys. That's Tamara Luke from the St Kilda Footy Club feeling victorious on her birthday. What an exciting day for her to wake up with that big smile on her face. All of the colours of the rainbow will be on display this weekend as the AFLW celebrates the Pride Round. Darcy Vessio has been a great ambassador for Pride in the AFLW and she'll be with us next on The Outer Sanctum. I'm Lauren Rosali and you're listening to The Outer Sanctum. We're asking you what pride in footy means to you. We're pretty excited because today the Carlton and Bulldog will meet. They have met before in pride games and it's been always a beautiful celebration. We anticipate this will be a cracking game. We um, sent our roving reporters, Julia (laughs) Kiara and Rana Hussein, out this week to sit down and discuss pride with Darcy Vessio from Carlton. Thanks for being with us, Darcy. No worries. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, I guess technically I'm having you because you're in my apartment. (laughs) Thanks for coming. Thanks for the tea. Why, I guess, is celebrating Pride, especially in AFLW, which we know is a very LGBTIQ-friendly space, still important? Obviously, the, I guess, the foundations of, well, of AFLW and women's footy in general were built by the LGBTIQ community, so it's really important that we honour those women and people who just created this whole environment. Like, we wouldn't have AFLW without all the work they did and the contributions they made. So that's probably the number one thing. And also, yeah, as you said, um, the fact that so many of us within AFLW are part of that community, to be able to celebrate who you are as a person, I don't think that ever goes out of fashion. So I think that's a really important thing. Do you remember the first time you ever spoke out in support of Pride or queer communities as a footballer? I can't pinpoint maybe the first step. I feel like, um, you know, coming from Darabin, um, it was always, you know, something you'd speak about very openly and we were very supportive. We got to be part of, I guess, the first VFL W Pride game um, with Darabin and Melbourne Uni so that was a really special moment the first time we got to wear sort of pride colours while playing but then yeah I guess uh, I was more vocal during the same-sex marriage plebiscite which is probably where I found my voice a bit more and where I yeah I felt comfortable talking about it because it was really important. You were part of that campaign with the AFL, but at the same time, Carlton Football Club that you play for put out a statement where they took a position that people saw was fence-sitting. So what did you learn from that experience? It was a bit of a, a different situation and not something I'd been part of before. What challenged me was that within the organisation, I'd felt that support that everyone would be voting yes sort of thing. Um, So that's why when the statement came out, I sort of felt like it didn't sit right because, um, 
yeah, it just sort of didn't, I didn't feel, feel like it aligned that well with what I was experiencing within the club, which is really important to feel the actual support rather than just a public thing, I, I think is really good. We had conversations with the club and, you know, they were really good in understanding why I guess it did ruffle feathers and why we I think as a playing group we felt like it wasn't where we needed to be as a club like if we want to be the most inclusive sporting club in Australia then that's a really important thing to do like it's to stand up for people who are part of minority communities or people who might not necessarily feel comfortable walking into a space that you always have felt comfortable walking into so yeah I feel like the club um, would have learnt a lot as well going through that so around the same time, Caroline Wilson wrote about the Carlton Statement and about the AFL's position, and, and in that article she outed you as gay, something that you'd never actually made a public statement about. Did that change anything for you? Yeah, um, I think I remember reading it and being like, hey, hang on a sec. <laughs> I never actually explicitly stated anything. Um, I thought, you know... Everyone can be a little bit cryptic on their social media and that sort of thing. But I think initially I was like, oh, maybe I should send a message and be like, hey, I never I never said that. But then also she wasn't wrong. So, um, but yeah, because you uh, did take such a strong stance, I think it was assumed. And, and I guess a lot of people do make assumptions around the sexuality of a lot of female athletes and it goes the other way like it's assumed that a lot of the the men playing AFL are straight and that's just not the truth at all one of the big things coming into AFLW was I knew a lot of my teammates and people I'd played against were part of the community and we're in relationships with other women and everything like that but you don't want to explicitly be known as just a gay footballer like you kind of we came into the AFL you know, and we wanted to prove that we were footballers. And because there were no openly gay men playing in the AFL, you sort of didn't want to wear that tag and you didn't really know. It It felt like a bit of an unknown space. So I guess people were out and proud, but I guess also that Aaron Phillips moment was such a big moment because that was sort of the first big AFL. Smooch. Smooch, yes. (laughs) That was a big moment because... It had never been seen before sort of thing. In AFL women's, there are things that you, you never see in AFLM. So women are out and proud that you have a lot of openly queer people in the crowds, but also in terms of, I guess, what I've seen as the sticking points in the conversation about why there isn't a male player that's out. So, you know, what happens if two players date and what happens if two players are in a relationship? I guess in AFL women's, that happens so much and... I feel like it is modelling to the men's competition. How do you see that AFL Women's is is modelling this to the broader sporting community? Well, definitely I think AFL Women's has shown that footy doesn't have to be deeply affected by that happening. Um, It's sort of football is the primary thing we're here to do and relationships, all that sort of thing. Um, It's not like if you're dating someone in another team, you're going to give away all the intel. (laughs) They're just things that you just make it work. And to be honest, it's probably already happening in AFL men's, but, you know, they can't talk openly about it. So I think, if anything, hopefully AFLW is just just modelling and just showing that everything's fine. Like, it's really... (laughs) The world's not going to end, you know, 
um, same-sex marriage was passed and people aren't trying to marry their pets. <laughs> like, life goes on. In talking about being outed and, and what's OK and not OK, you're kind of talking about ally behaviour and I'm really interested in your opinion on what being a good ally means. It's just not ma- about not making assumptions about people. I think, you know, simple things like not asking someone if they have a girlfriend or or a boyfriend like just asking if they have a partner or not asking at all like I don't see the fascination I guess speaking out about LGBTIQ rights like if I see someone wearing something rainbow or if I see a shop with a rainbow flag or anything you just automatically know that you can hold your partner's hand in that shop that you're just going to be treated like everyone else sort of thing it can be be easy to think that because the laws pass that everything's good now like it's fine like because you're legally recognized I guess you know there's still 40 percent of people who didn't want that to pass or whatever whatever percentage it was 38 percent or something so you know you don't know who those people are and where they come from or like when you might be sharing a space with someone like that so it's really important to see other people supporting you this weekend it'll be the third pride game but I guess I'm interested in what's next you know do we have a pride game forever like what does success in this space look like um so even seeing other clubs doing it too I know Saints have done it in the the AFL for a few years now so seeing it grow I think is really awesome um I feel like almost every AFLW game is a pride game (laughs) um (laughs) without the rainbows but I think it is important to keep celebrating it I, I just think because of the way women's footy has evolved I think it'll always be important to celebrate pride within the AFLW at least. I think we've come a, a long way in a short amount of time, but also we've got to acknowledge that it, we've got it the best right now and people before us have had a pretty terrible time um, with their own sexualities. Thank you to Darcy Vessio there for a really beautiful interview where she clearly opened up to you, Julia, because she's one of your best friends. So <laughs> that's the benefit of having you on the team. We've got a great SMS here. I love the call of the game last night, especially Kelly's call. Great show, gals. Hopefully see you at the Doggies Carlton game this afternoon from Caroline. You will indeed see us there, and we do always encourage you to come up and say hello. That is going to be a very interesting matchup, the Doggies and the Blues. The Doggies have been on fire. They don't stop for much. That's what I've noticed, <laughs> JC. So How do you see that game matching up, Julia? Yeah, look, both teams are coming off losses in round two that they would have hoped to have won. So for either team to really alleviate the pressure um, to make to make finals, they've got to win today. So the Dogs have an injection of firepower with Brooke Lachlan finally coming back after uh, she sustained an injury in the preseason. Izzy Huntington also returns after she uh, sustained a concussion in round one. The Blues bring in the best all-round person in AFLW and Jess Edwards, Jedi, um, <laughs> to bolster their midfield. So this is a really tantalising battle with between some really experienced players from both teams, Blackburn, Spark and Lamb at the Doggies, Loins, Hosking, Stevens at the Blues, just to name a few. And then we've got basically the cream of the crop of the new talent um, in AFLW with Prasparkas, Grace Egan, Lucy McAvoy at the Blues, Gabby Newton, the number one draft pick, Huntington, Gemma LaJoya, I'm going to say, as my nonny would um, <laughs> at, at at the Bulldogs. So I, I think this is going to be a fantastic game. Last year it was really high scoring. I see that happening again and really coming down to the wire. Brooke Lachlan, I mean, record-breaking. 
Like powerhouse. Powerhouse. And also really vocally um, supporting her AFLW colleagues on Twitter this week, which I really think is a very brave thing to do in this day and age. She does a good job at that. It's interesting when you get a game when you see draft pick one versus draft pick two and you think, any buyer's remorse? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone wish they had it in the other order? Um, Jade Van Dyke not back again. She's yeah. done an ankle. Is that correct? Yeah, I think she's out with an ankle. And they, they missed her from the back line, I think, last week. Carlton, she's a great... Yep. Yeah, yeah, um, Carlton, she's a great intercept mark. She reads the play very well. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that, that was a little chink in the armour last week. I, I think we should also remember that this is a year, um, this is the game last year where the iconic photo of Taylor Harris was taken when she'd kicked that monster goal. I think that one ended up in a goal. And, you know, that's uh, it's not exactly a year ago, but that sort of changed, I feel like, the whole vibe of the around the AFLW in many ways. So it's just a really significant match, not just about the, you know, the stalwarts of the game, but also just because of the, of the um, effect it's had long term. Yeah, definitely. And it's the third Pride game between these two teams. Um, I was on the sidelines that, that game and Carlton really kicked away um, and we're, we're up by five goals, I think, by three-quarter time. And then the Bulldogs stormed back and the <laughs> Carlton were lucky to get over the line at the end. But the other really exciting thing that's happening today is the Bulldogs Pride group um, are organising uh, the first Footscray Pride March. Um, they're gathering today at around 12.30 uh, in Nicholson Street Mall in Footscray. So if you're heading along to the game, get along early and they'll be making their way to Witten Oval. It is also always an amazing event on the AFLW calendar. Well, the Suns and the Lions will go head-to-head this afternoon. They're playing for bragging rights in the Sunshine State, which is <laughs> ironic because I just checked the weather and it's raining as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Pagelli is keen to hit the field regardless, and we're going to chat to her in just a sec on the Outer Sanctum. I'm Chelsea Randall, and you're listening to the Outer Sanctum. Welcome back to the Outer Sanctum. Now, it was interesting. This week, Nicole, I saw AFLW taking front page of the sports news in The Australian. What was that all about? Yeah, that's a pretty big moment just in itself, I'd say. But basically, um, it was coming down to the fact that uh, the AFL Commission Chair, Richard Goiter, um, declared that the AFLW was responsible for a $150 million profit over the last three years that the AFL's posted. Um, You know, he acknowledged the, the... enormous crowds that we've had. 65,000, I think, last round was one example, but it was 250,000 people attended games last year. Um, But if you think about the impact across the the community, there's almost 600,000 girls and women playing AFL, and that's all since the launch of the AFLW. So this has been one of the most significant marketing tools the AFL's ever had. There was a, a huge contribution made by a fan called Barry <laughs> Webster, who is an Outer Sanctum listener, yeah. and he tweets us often, what did he achieve this week? So on Twitter, he's known as, as at Baza Bulldog, and I sh- you should follow his tweets. He's very funny. But he declared that he had the full set of all 14 AFLW memberships. He's a member of all those clubs. And he said that he just wanted to give back and thank all the AFLW players, that he gets so much enjoyment watching them. So, yeah, he's made, made a big contribution to that $150 million, I'd say. He has. When the games are free, it's pretty impressive yeah. people who buy memberships to all of the clubs because you can get in anyway. And also another story that was making news this week was um, sledging Alicia. Yeah, on and off the field, of course, on the field. You've got two articles this week, Emma Carney talking in The Age about how the title is I Love to Sledge But Don't Cross the Line. And she talks about, you know, how it, it, it sort of adds to the play and that obviously there's lines you're not, you shouldn't cross. Darcy Vessio's article in The Herald Sun talks about sledgens that uh, <laughs> are famous for sledging and that she has three things for doing it kindly. She says you never sl- sledge partners 
and families, uh, someone's sexuality and body shaming. And of course, she goes on to say never, ever to do racism, sexism, religion, gender, disability, etc. all off bounds. But she's saying a little bit of tussle's okay. But of course, off the field, after Collingwood's uh, win over Carlton at Princess Park last Sunday, um, of course, uh, Stacey Livingston was asked about, um, uh, you know, uh, Taylor Harris. And she said, this is year four, so I'd like to think that I know how to play footy on her already. You've just got to stop her in the air. That's the game. If you can do that, she's useless. Of course, a throwaway comment, which I'm sure she instantly wanted to eat back. Um, there's been a, an article uh, saying, you know, by Sam Duncan in the Fairfax Papers saying, thank you, AFLW, for a breath of fresh air. So some people sort of arguing that it's just, you know, instead of this sort of stilted talk, that it's actually um, quite a, a, a just a great thing that someone's saying that, but of course a lot of criticism and Taylor Harris is sort of saying that uh, she doesn't want to add to the commentary, which is so understandable on her Instagram. She said she just posted a lion never loses sleep over the opinions of sheep. (laughs) And I felt that wasn't leveled at Stacey Livingston. I think it was leveled at all of the The haters. All the haters. haters. That's right. And and, and understandably there's a lot of uh, pushback on that. And Taylor, of course, is not even close to useless. Absolutely. I think it was just that word that really shocked people. We asked people um, on the SMS what Pride in Footy meant to them and Brando Smith has told us it means acknowledging and normalising queer culture in mainstream sport so that little girls don't grow up feeling like aliens because they're queer but don't know it because they don't have access to queer representation. Actually, as an adult, I still need that representation. So thank you very much, Brando. Well, today the Suns do meet their state mates, the Brisbane Lions. Alicia, how do you see that game rolling out? There's been a lot of movement between those two teams. I know, seven Lions players playing for the Suns. This is a really interesting one. The Lions won by 13 uh, points against Adelaide in round one and they won by 19 over the Cats in round two. The Suns lost by one point in round one and and then they won by 11 over Richmond. So they're looking really good. Their tackling's amazing. Um... It, this is a hard one to call because there's going to be such pressure. So many players knowing each other. It's a state game. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be huge. One son whose story and skills have not escaped the AFLW story machine is our next guest, Jade Pagelli. Yeah, so um, first of all, happy game day. Um, <laughs> I Yeah, so when I stopped playing footy, it was just a, it was a matter of um, time to go to university, get a job. Um, you know, sort of find other passions in life because football was such a constant for me for about 11 years through junior boys footy and then into senior women's. Um, and so, yeah, so I just cracked on. I got a teaching degree and then later decided to join the army. Um, and just by chance, um, you know, I needed a reason to leave the office up in Townsville and there was a local AFL comp. So I went and stuck my head in there and thought maybe getting back into footy would be a good idea. Um, and that's purely because the AFLW had started up um, and, you know, I was watching from a distance and really liking what I saw and I was really impressed by it all, but it was never really sort of a priority or something I'd, I'd um, sort of changed my life for. Um, and, yeah, as it happens, um, uh, an old coach of mine um, in the under-16 youth girls, Fiona McCarty, sort of touched base with me and said, oh, I heard you playing footy again. How do you feel about you know, um, 
coming down to play with the Suns Winter Series because at that point in time I'd moved back to South East Queensland. Um, and I thought, oh, well, if feedbacks me to come have a, have a run with the girls, I may as well give it a, give it a go and now I'm here. It's, hi, Jade, it's Nicole here. Um, it sounds like you sort of almost fell, uh, fell back into it, but I imagine when you were actually picked, that must have been a big day. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, so um, I, I did kind of, I fell into the situation, um, but, I, but there was still, still quite a bit of work to do, having been out of the game for such a period. Um, and, yeah, I guess I just really wanted to, I'm a very proud person, as most girls are, um, and I... Yeah, the day that um, I was drafted, it was it was really really special for me to sort of find my way back to that that level of football. Um, and I was yeah, it was a good moment. Uh, hi, Jade. It's Julia here. Um, you know, you we we look at your history and we see how much footy you played alongside you know Katie Brennan, Astro O'Connor and those guys. Um, and now you're entering with a new generation of new Queensland footballers. What have you noticed in this break? What's the difference now? Uh, speed for one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and endurance. The girls, the, the skill level, I guess, with those pathways, and this is, you know, it, it doesn't need to be said again, but the way that the girls can have their hands on the footy now for, you know, those 10 years prior to then, you know, wanting to reach elite levels is is the difference. You can see that they've just had footies in their hands for longer. Um, they're really comfortable with ball in hand. It's not like a strange sort of um, idea to them. Mm. And, and yeah, the, the natural abilities, um, I don't know, they're, they're, it's just sort of grown exponentially. Uh, but, yeah, speed's one thing <laughs> that the girls have on me today, uh, the, the quick ones. Yeah. Yeah. Jade, it's Alicia here. Now, of course, Queensland famous for sunshine and good looks. Uh, we've got the battle of the local teams here. What is the special sauce today? What can the Suns bring to the game? I'm so glad you mentioned, mentioned sunshine because Queensland is the sunshine state, I might add, ladies. So um, there's no, no lions mentioned in our tagline. Um, <laughs> So when it comes to the Q Clash, uh, the football community, as you're aware, is quite close. Um, and then the Queensland football community being, you know, north of the border um, is smaller again. So it, it means a lot. The girls here have insane amount of passion, most Queenslanders do. Um, and, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be so... I'm, I'm so pumped for this afternoon because it's almost like our grand final because the girls... Uh, you know, we want the win so bad. Um, and I saw some quotes from girls earlier in the week because we are sort of that really close community. We're friends with girls on the other team, but that's that's going to make no difference today. Um, yeah, it's, it's bragging rights, but if you go down, it's going to be like, oh, whatever, it's just another game of footy. So <laughs> um, you got you got you to play your cards right and be comfortable. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be... It's, it's awesome. I'm very excited. We're speaking with Jay Pagelli from the Gold Coast Suns. Ahead of the Suns meeting the Brisbane Lions, we have to mention that so many Lions in the off-season snuck over to the Suns. I don't know if it was sneaking or if it was some kind of cat burglary that happened, but there are so many former Brisbane Lions playing in this Suns lineup. We've had sledging been on the agenda all week. Has there been many text messages being sent back and forth from former teammates? <laughs> Um, I, I'm a little bit out of the loop in that respect, uh, but 
the girls are well, the girls are in constant communication throughout the season anyway. The girls that do chat to each other from each team. Um, so I can imagine that has been the case. No one's mentioned any special occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that we're, we're both just, well, you know, our weapon is bringing our football to the field. And so the more we can stay focused and in our little sun bubble, the better. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I can't, I can't say there's been any um, out, outstanding sledging going backwards and forwards, but I'm sure it'll all come out this afternoon. <laughs> well, well, sunshine and uh, good form are your weapons, but also tackles. I mean, the Suns are averaging 77 tackles, which is a whopping seven more than the two next best teams, Frio and the Bulldogs. Do you have tackle training? What do you do with tackles? <laughs> I think that is, um, I think that's a little bit unique to just the, the team with the Suns are selected. Um Queenslanders, we've got heart, um, and then part of the Suns, part of the Suns, um, I guess intent and David Lake's intent was to just get, you know, good people, um, and with that comes a little bit of mongrel uh, and a little bit of pride. Uh, as far as focusing on tackling, it is in training. It's it's definitely not a focus at all. Um, I think the girls have that. You know, the majority of them just have that in their natural playing style, which is obviously a massive advantage in a game like ours where there's a lot of contested footy. So I think it's just a, a bit of a bit of luck. Um, and then also just, just the intent. We all want to play for each other. And the way to do that is by, um, you know, holding up the footy, uh, protecting your mates and just giving it your 110%. And I think the girls do that really well. And that's where it shows in our tackle count. You'd mentioned David Lake, who is your coach. Um, we had a moment with David Lake. He really showed us who he was after your first win against the Tigers last week when he came out and he said um, that the girls put their lives on hold for pretty much a dollar fifty uh, to play this game. And it was a real statement. He said it really succinctly and kind of got his point across. Is that the kind of passion that he brings to coaching? He actually looked like he was on the verge of tears talking about the conditions for players in the FLW. Yeah, David's a, um, he's a big teddy bear and he's, he's a bit of a father figure. Um, and he is extremely passionate. Um, and I, he genuinely loves all of the girls. Uh, so, you know, we have had a lot of interstate players, um, you know, Britt Perry and Cheyenne Hammond that are, you know, that are doing a really, really, really good job. Same with Hannah Dunn. Um, we've got... Uh, Jazzy Hewitt, who's moved down from Darwin and is working from home for her for her um, workplace in Darwin, just to sort of be here for the season. Um, so the girls in our team um, have put a lot on the line to to play footy um, and with this team. And I guess he feels, I guess the struggles that come with that, and then you know, it's absolutely uh, like heartwarming, and it makes your heart swell when when, you know, they produce good footy and, and you know, we come up with the results like we did last weekend. It, it, you know, it is a proud moment for everyone and I think David feels that more than anyone because he's probably got that responsibility as well. You're in the Army. Have they been good about you taking time out to play AFLW? They have. Um, I can't say it's the same for all of my um, defence AFLW colleagues, um, but my unit in particular, shout out to 6CSR at Rath Bay Assembly. Um, <laughs> they've been... They've been sensational. My CO and my um, OPSO, my boss, um, they've been the, you know, what do you need, Jade? All right, give us your timetable. No worries, we'll work around you. They've been great. Um, 
So yeah, I'm I'm on such a good wicket, girls. Like I, <laughs> I'm probably the luckiest the luckiest person alive. I've got my family down the road. We're out there at South McLean, mum and dad and my sister, and then works um, really flexible and keeps me busy. So I'm not you know too focused on footy. It's a good little escape, and then I can, I'm able to focus on footy when I need to. So. I've, I've got it good. We hear so much that Queensland footy uh, for women and girls is thriving and when we hear the enthusiasm and the passion of a player like you, Jade, we can understand why. Thank you so much for joining us on game day on the Outer Sanctum. Best of luck taking on your state mates today. Thank you so much, girls. Up the sun. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Jade Vangeli there from the Gold Coast Suns. You're listening to the Outer Sanctum. This is the Outer Sanctum on ABC Radio. Great energy before the break there um, from Jade Pagelli. I would love to be there to see her run out. I feel like she's been jumping out of her skin. Also, Tiana Ernst. I love mm. watching her play for the Suns. It's so ironic. She has to wear so much sun cream because she's a <laughs> red-headed woman playing football on the Gold Coast. We just got a great text message through. G'day, Sanctimers or Sanctimarurus, however you say it. Uh, I'm tipping the Pies to upset Frio, but either way, it'll be a ripping game. Just wondering when Sarah and Jess Hoss King, who play for Carlton, are chasing a player to tackle them. Does anyone else hear the Jaws music? <laughs> yeah. They lay some massive Dead. hits, don't they? They're not shy, that's for, that's for sure. Did Bone you, crunches. Bone crunches. <laughs> you can hear it from the other side of the ground. Have you got some messages coming through I, there as well, Nicole? I do. We've got, we're getting a lot of love for the Darcy um for the Darcy interview. Diane said, fabulous interview with Darcy V on the Outer Sanctum. Love your work, ladies. And Shell said, love hearing Darcy V, a.k.a. Mel B, on Outer Sanctum. So there's, a, I think that's an Insta reference for anyone She does a Mel B from the Spice Girls <laughs> impersonation and it's pretty fabulous, actually. <laughs> I think it's been rested for a little while. It uh, has been rested. There's been a bit of Mel B, you know, wandering home late from the Brownlow, <laughs> uh, Darcy's Insta stories. So hopefully she'll make a... Mm. Repeat. The people will have to vote for getting <laughs> it back. There are some other cracking games, as Pete suggested. Frio Pies, that is going to be huge, both coming off massive wins. Nicole, how do you see this rolling out today? Yeah, top of the table for the B Conference. These these guys are just on form and really intimidating. And I reckon it's a tough one to call. Um, you've got the excitement machine of Roxy Rue, who's got the best name in football, no question. And Kiara Bowers, last week, 18 tackles, not including the one on the ground invader, which was also pretty impressive. The pitch invader, yeah. that was amazing. <laughs> um, but you've got Ebony and Kia and sorry, Ebony and Cara Antonio. Evie Gooch was unstoppable last week. So they've got a really big showing and, I, you know, they are at home. But you can't write off the pies. They've been amazing. They've got Bree Davey back. Stacey Livingston's had a big week. I reckon <laughs> she's got a bit to prove. She might be, uh, might be uh, at her best or hopefully will be. I think I don't think you can go past Frio at home in the end, but I, it's going to be a cracking game, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Both of them have really clean skills, and really I clean. think what you'll see we might see quite a high like high scoring match because they both have been pretty good in front of goal, mm. and they really sh the ball moves around really well, really cleanly. It's not so much um, of that congested. chaos congested. It'd be ball. different on a night under lights though. It is Saturday night, so yeah, I think that we're going to see. Um, I think we're going to see a real test for these guys, and I. I think we'll see them at the end of the season too. That's very possible. Oh. That rounds out Saturday's games. Tomorrow, the Giants meet the Eagles, Julia. What do you make of that? Well, firstly, we're looking at the weather at Blacktown because we know that the Giants <laughs> have been cursed with some terrible weather that have really impeded their ability to just play the football that we'd like to see from them. So it's 26, 
50% chance of showers. So mm-hmm. hopefully they steer clear. Look, West Coast have had a bit of a brutal start to the season. They're new this year. They've lost to Fremantle and Collingwood. But this should be a really good challenge for them to 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 play against the Giants, who we haven't yet quite seen dominate the game. Um, but I do think that the Giants are going to be too strong um, for the Eagles, just with their experience that they've got in there. You know, Eva, Delpos, the incredible Parker, um, who just take, has taken her game to, to another level. Um, they've also got the returning Barclay, who's got the most unusual but effective ball drop in the game. <laughs> um, so I think that they will get it done against the Eagles. How do you feel Cora Staunton is backing up since she had that horrific leg break last season? Yeah, look, it's hard to tell. I think... It's it, she hasn't got a lot of the ball so far. Um, I think she'll work her way back into the season. To be honest, she hasn't been her exciting self just yet. But it's a big injury to recover from. Uh, so we'll see. Hopefully, she can get on the end of a few. And as we know, AFLW is a family. We just like to send our love and support out to Chantella Pereira, who had some really sad news this week in her family. And we've been thinking of the Pereira family, and we send her lots of love. I've heard that she's playing today, and if she does, I think that that's an enormous feat. And um, we just wish her all the very best for the game and for recovering from what's been a pretty traumatic week for that family. Alicia, Tigers North, this looks like it could be a washout, but you never quite know. How do you see this game? You never know. It's tomorrow at 3 o'clock at Princess Park. Of course, North lost round one, but then won by 19 in round two against the Giants and Richmond yet to win a game. Richmond have three potential debutants in Sunday's clash, Ella Wood, Kiara Fitzgerald and Hannah McLean. Claren. You'd think that uh, North is, you know, it's Conference A, North are up high on the ladder, Richmond on the bottom, but I'm hoping for Richmond's breakout game. I'm just seeing this thing where they like put on their capes and just <laughs> um, music blaring and they just win. So I'm hopeful, but uh, North are looking so strong. You really want it for Richmond, don't you? I feel like... Um uh, Richmond are really good through the centre of the ground. I know that it is chaotic, but they yep. do manage to get the ball. If it goes out wide, and I do think when it goes out wide that North have been missing Jess Duffin a little bit. Mm-hmm. She's a bit of a marshal out there. But I think North have a lot of experience to bring into this game yep. that I think when we look at Richmond, it's they're growing every week. So the win is going to definitely come. I would love to see your friend, Nicole Hayes, Sabrina <laughs> Frederick, have an absolute blinder because she, when she's playing well, the competition really succeeds under her guidance, Absolutely. doesn't it? It's hard to stop. She's hard to stop. You're looking at the Cats who are meeting the Crows this week in what is the third Pride game of the round. It is. It's also a repeat of the preliminary last year, which the Cats fans will hope ends differently, I imagine. Um, they are at home back to back weeks, which will really help them. Um, they got they got run down at the end of um, the you know the final quarter last week. Brisbane just ran over the top of them, and they did run out of legs. I'm hoping that they've had a chance. <laughs> they run out of their legs. <laughs> they, they kept their they legs, but they were tired legs. I'm hoping that they can. Um, that that will give them a bit of a rest, not having to travel. And the Crows do have to come across. It's, um, you know, they had a really tough game, a bruising game against the Saints that almost, that they almost lost. And I think that they were challenged perhaps more than they expected to be. But you've mentioned how impressive the Saints are, Julia. So expect more from them. Um, We're probably expecting a lot from Cats. uh, Olivia Purcell, Nina Morrison and Millie Brown, who were amazing last week. The Crows are missing 14 of their premiership players, which is a really big, um, a big loss to fill. 
But um, with Courtney Gum, Ed Marinoff and Anne Hatcher last week really basically saved the game for them. So I'm expecting them to have just enough to carry over. We must do a massive shout out to Courtney Gum's one-handed mark yes. last week, which was really up Stunning. there. That and the Rocky Cranston uh, handball to herself in the first yeah. game of the round. I found that really impressive. So when Rocky Cranston and the excitement machine Courtney Gum are playing together, I'll definitely have my eyes on that game. Can you? Does anyone have an update? I'm looking at you, Julia Carey. Do you have an update on whether Megan McDonald will be back with her pinky finger? I believe Megan <gasps> McDonald has been named. Oh, um, yay. The pinky finger, finger has not been, you know, amputated. Daniel Chick style. Um, <laughs> Would you have thought about that? You're a footballer. Would you have amputated your little finger for AFW? No, no. It's I'd a do short it as a supporter. A <laughs> if I burnt my, fin- my pinky finger in the outer on a hot jam donut... <laughs> And, it th- and I thought I'd miss a game, I'd probably amputate. The thing with your pinky finger is it affects your ball drop. You can take the middle one away. And your oh. tea drinking. <laughs> if you take the middle one away, that affects something else though, right? Yeah, well, it does. But I, I think in women's <laughs> footy with that very small light ball, you need all the help you can to get that ball dropping correctly onto your Good foot. Good to know. Before we wrap up and get out of here, Julia, were you ever a sledger when you were on the field? No, I was very quiet. <laughs> I would only talk to distract my opposition um, because I was too intimidated by their size and pace. But um, I'm generally not a fan of sledging, but I know that, it, you know, it does take place on the, in AFLW. When you see people lining up on each other, there was a funny article this week. Emma Carney said that she was lined up. I can't remember who she was lined up on. And the player said, am I allowed to move around <laughs> yes. before the bounce? And she said, no, you're not. <laughs> she didn't name her. It was a, a cross-coder. So you, she took advantage of that. Would you play tricks like that, Julia? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I'm too nice. <laughs> Cheeky, though, isn't it? Could have backfired really big time. There's always a lot of passion in the Pride game. We saw that with the Bulldogs and the Blues a couple of years ago. I wonder if we'll see it again today. Yeah, there's a few, you know, nice scrunchies, that kind of thing. <laughs> Just bring back the scrunchies. Oh, uh, well, we hope that you will grab a friend and get a footy and go to a game this weekend. We'd like to thank all of our guests, Tamara Luke, Darcy Vessio, Jay Pringelli, and also Nick, our producer. Thank you. Thanks to my co hosts Alicia Sometimes, Nicole Hayes and Julia Kiera. We'll be back next week. Thanks very much. There's only one thing for us left to say, ladies. Do you know what it is? Go Go footy! (laughs) Go football! (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.